pray together. God, today we say thank you. Thank you for an opportunity to gather together, God, in your house, to come together as a student ministry, Lord, to examine your word, God, to hear from you, God. Thank you for just the forgiveness that's available to us through Jesus Christ. And so today, God, I pray that, Lord, we will make much of you, that, God, you will meet us here in this moment as we talk, as we look through what it is to hear your voice. Lord, we praise you, and we give this all to you. We pray it all in Jesus' name. Amen. You guys can have a seat. Um, We are talking about week number two of uh, how does God speak to us, okay? And so now, as we jump into this here today, I want to do something a smidgen different than we normally do. I want you to look to the person to your left or to your right and tell them how have you heard from God. What do you think the most practical way to hear from God is? Go ahead and do that really quickly. Oh. Why is everyone so quiet on this? This is awesome. Here we go. Let's have some fun. So this will be my only week that I get to teach in this series, and I've been excited about this series since um, we decided we were going to do it. So, quick, easy question. How does God speak to us? How many of you guys say God speaks to us through his word? How many of you guys say God speaks to us in a voice? How many of you guys say God speaks to us in other people? How many of you guys say, I have absolutely no clue how God speaks to us, but I want to hear from him? Nobody. Perfect. Okay, cool. So I remember being your age, and I remember wanting to hear the will of God for my life. Does anybody want to know the will of God for their life? Like a few of you guys, right? We've got seniors graduating. Um, We're celebrating you guys today. You don't graduate quite yet. Actually, uh, Ben Wall, you graduated yesterday, wherever you're at. Yeah? Congratulations to you. Um, Quick shout out there. And then we've got some baseball players in the house who won a state championship yesterday. Congratulations to you guys. Okay. So um, I remember this though. I remember being in high school and I can remember thinking to myself like, God, I want to know your will, but God, I don't necessarily know how you speak to me. And, and I remember like some people like, some people think that God's going to just spell out his will to them in their alphabet soup. Does anybody eat ABC soup? You know, so for me, like um, I eat Honey Nut Cheerios most mornings in the morning. And so I was examining my Cheerios and seeing what God would want me to do with my life. And the thing he kept telling me was saying, ooh. (laughs) Think about it just for a second. No, seriously. (laughs) There you go. Middle school boys right there. Okay. So I don't think that's how God's going to speak to you. Now, if God does spell it out in your soup or in your Cheerios somehow, You should absolutely follow it, right? And for some of us in the room, we think that if God hasn't told us what we need to do, then, well, we're off, right? Like, I mean, what we have to do is we have to go to church and we have to give our 10%, right, to God and and maybe rock a baby once in a while and, and do a few things like that. But maybe we don't have to live out anything bigger than that. But see, I think God calls us to something different, okay? I think God does something um inside of us that, that changes us. So if you want to know God's will, when, when it comes to hearing God's will, and this is going to feel a little bit different as we do um, this message today, if you want to hear God's will for your life, then I've got a really simple thing that you have to do, all right? You have to ask this question. You guys ready? The question is this, where is the Spirit of God moving in my life? Okay? Have you ever asked yourself that question? 
Have you ever asked yourself, like, what is it that actually, like, makes you passionate? What is it that actually gets your interest and that you can't stop thinking about? What is it that that God has given you this gift, this talent, or this passion that, that, that he wants you to pursue a little bit? Do you know what that is inside of you? Do you know what it is? Like, like, like what's it look like inside of you to, to actually chase after this? For some of you guys, it, it, it might be overseas missions. I don't know. For some of you guys, it, it might literally be just kids. Like, you get excited about being with kids. For some of you guys, you get excited about ice cream. Okay? And, like, like how can you take whatever it is that God's giving you a passion for that he's allowed you to truly dive into and to truly want more of? How can you take that and point others to him? Simple thing here, all right? This is what I say. God's will is for you to use the talents, the gifts, and the passions that he's giving you and point others to him. Okay? For some of you guys, you're amazing ball players. How are you using that to point others to Jesus? Right? For some of you guys, like, like you, like, seriously, like, ice cream's your jam, right? What would it look like for you to take that and give it to people who are less fortunate? What would it look like for you to, to, to truly find ways inside, like whatever this passion is that you had to take that and point other people to him? You see, I think we've got teachers, we've got lawyers, we've got doctors, we've got so many different people who are going to go into different careers in here. We've got pastors, we've got missionaries, but not everybody's called to be a pastor. Not everybody's called to be a missionary. And God's will can be, his will is for you to take wherever you're going in life and to live that life to point others to him, to show his love to other people. So like I said, we're in this series, and Josh kicked it off last week, and he said there's four different ways that we can hear God's voice, right? You guys remember them? Quick review, right? We can hear it through the influence of others. We can hear it through life situations. We can hear God's voice through the leading of the Holy Spirit. And then finally, we can hear God's voice through the Word of God. All right? The Word of God. So, as we dive into that, let me ask you a question. All right? If God was speaking to you today and you truly wanted to know what he wanted from you, and the way that he was going to speak to you is his Word, Would you be able to hear them today? Better question. When's the last time you actually opened his word and actually spent time with him for yourself? I know. I'm stepping on some toes right now, right? I'm making some things happen here that I don't know. There's a common theme in the Bible, though. In the Bible, here it is. It's God is speaking. Are you listening? God is speaking. Are you listening? Okay, so today, what I want to do is I, I, I don't have a lot of time because I've got to get over for graduation and um, get us prepared for that. But I'm excited to examine this passage of Scripture today. Um, we're going to be in 1 Kings chapter 19. So we're going to dive back into the Old Testament. And we're going to talk about this guy named Elijah, okay? Now, Elijah is, um, he, he's a prophet, right? And Elijah is one of those kind of guys like, man, like, in some ways, like, I idolize Elijah, like, I think he's, like, the best ever. And then you come to this story that we're going to examine here today that you're kind of like, really? I I don't know. So what do you know about Elijah? Does anybody know anything about Elijah? 
Anybody, you want to throw something out? Just throw it out there. What do you know about Elijah? Chariot of fire. That's pretty cool, right? He never died. He was just taken away on a chariot of fire. Cool. I think that's awesome. Awesome. All right. What else do we know? Anything? Check this out. 1 Kings chapter 17. One of those crazy stories that if you've been around church, you've heard it in. If you haven't been around church, let me tell you a little bit about it, okay? So you've got Elijah, and Elijah's like God's prophet. And he goes and he represents um, God to 500 prophets of Baal. And he's there before the queen and the king. And, and here's what happens. Is Elijah says, hey, you know what? Let, let's offer sacrifices to our God so that we can know who the living God is. Because the people had actually drifted away from knowing who God was. This was God's chosen people. And so this king and queen, they were completely evil. And we'll talk about them more here in a minute. But they had led their people to Baal, which was the, the false god that God had warned the Israelites about. And he said, hey, don't worship them. But instead, all the people had seemed to turn to him. And so they've got these prophets. And, and so they set up two altars, right? An altar is something where you go to sacrifice to God, right? And well, Elijah, he was sacrificing to the living God. And um, the other prophets, they were sacrificing to Baal. And so then he says, okay, I'll tell you what. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to pray. And we're going to pray that God would send fire down from heaven and consume the sacrifice that we have. Okay? So Elijah says, I'm going to pray to my God. And you guys go pray to Baal. So they do it. And guess what happens? Elijah's chilling, you know, he's sitting there, he's waiting. I like to imagine he's twiddling his thumbs, doing his thing, right? Um, they're praying, man. Like, they're praying hard. Come, take this meat, sacrifice to you. Uh, let, the, let it rain fire right now. Burn it up, right? Elijah starts to mock them a little bit. He's got a little bit of, like, cockiness to him, right? Like, he knows God is real, like God's got him. And so he's like, hey, maybe your God's asleep. Maybe he's on the toilet. Pray louder. Wake him up. Nothing happens. Then Elijah stands up, and he starts to pray. He falls to his knees. God, I want you to show up. Did I mention that he had them drench this? Like they dumped buckets and buckets of water all around this, like, trench they had dug around his? And he's just praying, God, show up. God, show these people your power. All of a sudden, fire falls from heaven, consumes everything that Elijah had on his side. All of a sudden, his God is truly God. And then it says that Elijah and the Spirit of God killed all the false prophets. So he was a manly man, right? Like, I like Elijah. However, the queen didn't like this. The queen had issues. And we pick up in 1 Kings chapter 19 today. See, some people say if they had faith to witness God do these amazing things with their own eyes, they'd believe, right? They'd believe in whatever it is in God. 1 Kings 19, starting in verse 1. Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done and how he killed the prophets with the sword. Then Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah, 
saying, May the gods do to me and more also, if I do not make your life as the life of one of, the, um, one of them by this time tomorrow. Then he was afraid, and he rose, and he ran for his life, and came to Beersheba, which belonged to Judah, and he left his servant there. Perfect. It is on the screen. Sorry. So think about this just for a second. That story I told you. If you were Elijah, and you had prayed that it would rain fire, and it rained fire, how much faith would you have in God? Seriously, think about that just for a second. Like, how much faith would you have? You'd be up here, right? Like, seriously, if I prayed and God showed up like that? But then this evil queen says, hey, Elijah, guess what? I'm going to kill you. Would you have issues? Yeah, probably, right? I mean, like, she's like one of the most powerful people on the face of the earth, right? And um, picture the Hunger Games, right? You guys watch the Hunger Games? Everybody here? Good? No? Impossible? All right. Just picture, like, the, like, the rich people, like, you know, like, they ride in on the chariots and stuff like that, the good-looking and everything um, for the big party so they can watch the Hunger Games. Well, that's this king and queen, all right? Elijah, he had just saw this miracle happen. This powerful God had showed up. He had to be safe, right? <laughs> but what we see is completely different. We see that this guy was on top of the world with his faith. He was on top of the high of the mountain, right? He's coming off the camp experience. He's feeling great. Then we get to verses 3 and 4. So picking up in verse number 4, it says this. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness, and he came down and he sat underneath a broom tree. And he asked that he might die. <laughs> it is enough now, O Lord. Take away my life. For I am no better than my father's. Hmm. Just for a second. Think about where this guy was. This guy had so much faith that he mocked, he ridiculed the other gods, right? The false gods, the false prophets. Now all of a sudden, a couple of days later, he's asking God that he could die. He's asking God that, that, that just take me out, God. Have you ever been so scared or anxious or depressed that you started to say crazy things like this? You ever been in one of those moments where you were on top of the world at one moment and now all of a sudden, like, you're down here, you're in the dumps? What do you do with that? I mean, Elijah, that was him, right? High of the highs, now he's in the low of the lows. He's ready to die. He's ran away. You see... I think God cares about us when we're at the high of the highs, and I think he cares about us when we're in our low of our lows. Check this out as we continue reading. 1 Kings 19, 5 through 8 says this. And he lay down and he slept under a broom tree. Okay, if you don't know what a broom tree is, I actually had to Google this just to see what it is. It's a tree that kind of looks like a broom, all right? I'm not trying to be funny, but it actually does spread out like pretty wild. Like, and like the, um, if you've seen the old, like, I don't even know how to call them, straw brooms or whatever they're called. Like it does spread out like that. It's pretty cool. And so you see that and it gives them shade. All right, let's do this. <clears throat> and behold, an angel touched him and said to him, arise and eat. And he looked and behold, there was a, um, at his head a cake baked on hot stones and a jar of water. And he ate and he drank and he lay down again. And the angel of the Lord came to him a second time and touched him and said, arise and eat for the journey is too great ahead of you. 
And he arose and he ate and he drank and he went in the strength of that food for 40 days and 40 nights to Harab, the mountain of God. Well, if you know anything about this, like, let's just examine it really quick. What do you think is kind of weird about this story? Anybody ever slept under a broom tree? No. Anybody ever slept under a tree? Yeah, a few of us maybe, right? Like maybe you took a nap there. Anybody ever been woken up by an angel and told you to eat? No, right? Elijah's at this point of exhaustion. Elijah's so scared for his life that he's just ready to die. This angel shows up not once but twice and he tells him to eat. And all of a sudden there's, there's bread and there's water and it comes from nowhere. This angel brings it and he makes it for him and it's absolutely crazy, right? See, sometimes I think we need to look at this and, and understand sometimes when you're dealing with fear and anxiety, the best thing you can do is get some rest and eat a little something. God knew exactly what Elijah needed in this moment. So he showed up, and not only did he show up, he sent his angel, and he said, hey, give him exactly what he needs. Think about this in the second part of this. What, what else do we see? When you're in your darkest moments, you have to know that God's with you. He isn't absent in your time of need. He's right there with you, and he knows what you need, and he's there for you. For some of us, we need God's word. For some of us, the thing is, is that the truth is, is that we're in a dark spot and we don't want to give up our dark spot and we want to get out of it sometimes, but we don't know how to get out of it. And here's how you get out of it. You get the bread of life in you. What is that? Scripture. You need to consume God's word. How does God speak to us? He speaks to us through his word. And his word, it will give you peace. It'll give you truth. And I've been thinking more and more about this. And, you know, I had to think more and more about why I do what I do. And about how I speak and the things that, like, why I communicate the way I want to communicate. It's simply this. When I read the Word of God, I want to read the Word of God so that, like, it's like teaching me. And so when I have these moments in my life where I get a chance to stand up in front of you guys, I don't want to know everything there is about this, but I want to be able to communicate how you can better use this in your life. And the only way that I can do that is by consuming his word over and over and over again. Every single time when we say do hear journals, every single time when we tell you go and read the Bible, it's not so you just have head knowledge. It's so that God transforms your heart. There's going to be moments in your life that are dark. There's going to be moments in your life that are hard. And the truth is, is that if you haven't spent that time in God's word, you're going to stay in that darkness for a little while. And God doesn't want that for you. He wants to call you out of this. Hmm. I like to think about it like this. We're more connected than we've ever been connected, right? Right? Most of you guys in here, you have a cell phone in your pocket. I'm not saying a cell phone's a bad thing by any means, right? What do you do on your cell phones? How many of you guys are social media people? You spend a lot of time on your social media. Cool. How many of you guys are game people? You spend a lot of time on games on your phone? There's a few of you. That's cool. All right. I don't even know what else you do on your phones. How many of you guys actually use them to, like, make phone calls? All the older people in the room. That's cool. All right. Cool. Um, text messages. Got people like that. Yeah. Cool. Snapchatting. Yep. Cool. All bad things, right? Like, all right, I want, you to think, I want you to think just for a moment, okay? 
just for a moment, okay? If we could get the Apostle Paul to show back up right now, if he was to show up in our lives and, and Paul was to follow you around for the day and he was like, dude, tell, tell me more about this cell phone thing, right? Tell me more about your Apple iPhone 13 Pro Plus. So you can use that. Like you have unlimited information, right? You have unlimited ways to connect with God now, right? You can read his word wherever you are. That's really cool. You can share his word wherever you are. Oh, that's awesome. You guys must be reaching everybody. Would you have to interrupt them and say, no, I only use it to post pictures of my cat. No, I only use it to play games on my phone. I just got to keep my snap streak alive, Paul. There's just not time for that right now. I think the Apostle Paul would be like, dude, what is wrong with you? All joking aside, that's what's happening to Elijah in the scripture, right? Elijah was on the high of highs. He was at the top of his faith just two days ago. And all of a sudden, he's been distracted. Like, we get distracted with our cell phones. Like, we get distracted by the things of this life. He gets distracted by Jezebel's threat, by Jezebel's messenger. And he goes into hiding when he should have been living out and trusting God. Check this out. 1 Kings 19.9. Then he came to a cave and he lodged in it. And behold, the word of God came to him and said to him this. What are you doing here, Elijah? Now, I want you to think just for a second. I'm not going to give you the answer yet. When else have we seen a question like this in Scripture? What are you doing here, Elijah? Maybe the question, well, when I read this, this is what it reminded me of. Where are you? Do you remember that question? Back in Genesis chapter 3, Adam and Eve, they had sinned, and they were hiding themselves from God. Where are you? You think God didn't know what Elijah was doing there? Why was Elijah hiding? Why was he afraid of Jezebel? Why did he ask God to take his life? See, I think God asking this question allowed Elijah a safe space to actually have a dialogue, to have a true conversation with God. And I think in times in our lives, here's what we are, and I know this is me, and I think probably it falls for you too. I think there's times in our life where we've done something wrong, and we feel like God's just waiting to hit us with this lightning bolt. Right? You ever been there? You ever been in this moment where you feel like God is just waiting to punish you? That you've messed up that bad that you can't come back to God? I've been there. I know how that feels. Look at what Elijah says in his response. I've been very jealous for the Lord, the God of hosts, for the people of Israel have forsaken your covenant, thrown down your altars, and killed your prophets. 
with the sword. I, even only I, am left, and they seek my life to take it away. Elijah's upset, man. He's got a little pity party going on. He thought he was the only one focused on God. Jezebel, I mean, she sounds pretty bad. (laughs) Yeah, check out what God does. Verses 11 and 12. And he said to them, go and stand on the mount before God, or before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by, and a great and strong wind tore the mountains and broke it into pieces. And in the rocks before the Lord, but the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, the sound of a low whisper. King James Version of this says this. It says it's a still, small voice. Why do you think God chose to present himself to Elijah in a still, small voice? I studied this and tried to come up with an answer for you guys. There's two potential answers, and I think they could both be right. Maybe this described how close God was to Elijah in this moment. You see, this mountain is not just Horab. This mountain is actually Sinai. It's actually where Moses uh, got the Ten Commandments. It's where Moses spent a lot of time with God. And so this would have been a, moment, like a place where God had been known to meet with people. So it'd be calming to think that God was that close to him that he could just whisper to him and hear it. Or maybe, just maybe, saw somebody write this. This is the describing of the calming tone that our Heavenly Father, when he's talking to someone who's wrecked by fear. When you're angry, how do you typically respond? So I'm dealing with a three-year-old at home right now. And um, we're trying our best to potty train my daughter. And if you've never been a part of a potty training process, I really don't recommend it. Like, dude, she'll pee every time in the toilet. But when it comes to poop, she's going to poop in her panties every single time. Man, it's frustrating. I'm dealing with literal crap. And my tone isn't always the best. When she does it, she means to do it, right? She knows everything, but yet she still does it in her panties. And at that moment, you know what I want to do? And I have done? Confession time, not the best father, okay? My voice gets a whole lot deeper. My tone is a whole lot higher. What were you thinking? You know you need to go to the potty. Why would you do it in your pants again? I'm tired of cleaning up this crap. True. I wonder how often God feels like that towards us. I wonder how often he feels like, hey, Your crap. Get it out of here. But how did he speak to Elijah? In a still, small voice. In a whisper, in a calming voice. 
You know what I've noticed? When I don't talk to my daughter in that high raised voice because nothing works like that, when I get down on her level and I look at her eye to eye and I speak to her softly, guess what? She listens. And I think that's how God is with us. I think there's times in our life where we just need to readjust, where we just need to listen in for him. What does he have for us? James 4, 8 says this, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Is your life so distracted that you're missing God's still small voice? He's a loving, heavenly father. He wants to embrace you. He wants to whisper. Does he want to fix the issues? Does he want to take the crap out? Yeah. But maybe, just maybe, it's time for us to slow down. It's time for us to start listening a little bit more. And maybe, just maybe, his spirit will lead you to where it is he wants you to be. So, today's job. Simple challenge that I have for you guys What if you were to slow down to identify in your life that voice? For those of you guys who are seeking out God's will right now, what if you were to identify the gifts, the talents, the passions God's giving you? And you ask yourself, how can you point others to God through that? But maybe it's time to take the crap out. Literally. Maybe it's time to work on that. I think that's what God wants to do in your life. Let me pray over you guys and we're going to get out of here. God, today, we see the story of this prophet of you who was on top of the world until he got distracted. I confess to you, God, that I've been distracted. And so, Father, right now, I just pray that, God, you will help us identify the areas in our life that we're distracted in and the areas of our life that, Lord, truly we need to get the mess out of, that, Lord, we just need to just give over to you, that we need to focus in and listen in on what you have to say. Because, God, you've got a lot to say. I pray that we will train our ears to listen for your voice. I pray that you'll train our hearts, God, as we get into your word, that your word will get into us, that, God, we will know you because, God, we are students of your word, and that, God, that will change us. So, Lord, help us here. (laughs) Help me. I thank you for what you're doing in my life. Thank you for how you're training me and how you're teaching me and how you don't raise your voice at me. Lord, let these students who don't know you Truly understand you're a God of love who wants to love them more. Lord, we praise you, and I pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Guys, you're dismissed. We'll see you tonight for the Blitzies if you're coming out. If not, we'll see you Wednesday night for life groups.